When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA on a sad day for WA football as we mourn the loss of one of the greatest players to ever play the game in Western Australia. Rest in peace, Austin Robinson Jr. To kick 157 goals, you've got to average more than seven a game, and it's a hell of a it's a hell of an ask. With two games to go, I had 22 goals to kick. And in the second last game, I only kicked the seven, which left me 15 to kick in the last day against East Fremantle. But anyway, the game progressed. I can remember as though it was yesterday. Got to the point where I'd had 12 by three-quarter time, so I needed three more in the last quarter. Kicked two of them. And then halfway through the last quarter, a lot of people swear the ball went backwards. I'm more inclined to think that it went more sideways. And uh, I went back and kick the goal. All eyes on the full forward. There goes the kick. This could be it. It's it. He's broken Bernie Naylor's record and congratulations to Aston Robertson. I can't say that I ever went out thinking that I was going to do great things, but there were days when you were on and you could tell that fairly early. When I ran out into the ground in any league game, my pass mark for goals kick was always five. Anything under that wasn't good enough, and of course, anything over that was fantastic. Winning the grand final in 73 is one of the highlights, but not a highlight I remember terribly well. In fact, if today's rules on concussion applied, I would have been taken off the ground halfway through the second quarter. Yes, it was just a great thing to actually be achieved in. And I know Ross Smith came and put his arm around me. He was pretty sad that I hadn't really contributed much and said, he said, uh, Ock, he said, uh, this grand final is, is as much yours as anyone. And that meant, me, meant a great deal to me. Rest in peace, Austin Robinson, Jr. I remember seeing him as a young boy and he was a full forward that, in my eyes, would never miss. From long range, the drop punt became a real art form when it came to Austin Robinson, one of the greats of WA football. As we know, he followed his father, Austin Robinson Sr., and played one season at South Melbourne, where he kicked 60 goals and led the goal kicking for that VFL club in that season. And that was 1966. And today, for the first part of the program, we will pay our respects, as I said, to a giant of the game. He came out of Scotch College in 1961. An amazing year. He kicked 105 goals in 10 Alco Cup games and was spotted then and taken down to Subiaco Oval. On the program, very shortly, I will feature one of his greatest ever teammates who was a part of that 1973 Premiership 
team at Subiaco, the drought that ended after 49 years. And later, we will speak to John Townsend, in some ways a historian, that will look back over Austin Robertson Jr.'s career in Australian rules football and, of course, post-Australian rules football when he teamed up with Kerry Packer in 1977 and was part of the formative years of World Series cricket. He certainly led a, a colourful life and an interesting life, and we'll look back over his life a bit later on. But I'd love to hear from you, for those people that may have remembered Austin Robinson Jr. on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Is he the greatest goal kicker this state has ever produced, taking into consideration what we've seen in the modern times, in the colour TV times of the West Coast Eagles. After all, Austin Robinson Jr. averaged 4.82 goals a game, was held goalless in a match only five times in his career, and he played 251 games for Subiaco and 18 for South Melbourne. And two of those goalless games we're in his final season. Let's now have a chat to George Young, one of the greats of, again, WA football, played with Subiaco, was a teammate of Austin Robinson Jr. And as we know, George then went on to play some great football for St Kilda in the VFL. George Young, thanks for joining us on the program. It's been a pleasure, Pete. Uh, we've lost a colourful character, haven't we? Oh, we have, yes, a great legend of our game. You don't use that word loosely when you're uh, speaking of the great uh, Austin Robinson. Uh, yes, he's, uh, he was a wonderful footballer and, uh, and uh, equally just as good a bloke. How good a footballer was he, George? You were pretty good in your own right, but where do you rank Austin Robinson as far as footballers and being such a perfectionist at his craft of kicking goals? Well, Peter, I, I can honestly say that uh, earlier on today I was talking to one of our Subiaco great players, Neil Randall, uh, and uh, he broke the news to me. And I made the comment that Austin was probably the best player that I've ever played with, both here and also in, in Victoria, for what, uh, for what he achieved and how he went about it and, uh, and the obstacles that he was confronted with. Saying that, what made him such a great footballer? Because that is a big uh, tribute that you just mentioned there, the best footballer that you have played with and possibly seen. What made him so special? Well, his goal-kicking was his greatest asset. Uh, and he had, uh, he had magnificent uh, off-the-mark speed and pace. He could get a, uh, put a couple of metres on a full-back just at the drop of a hat. Uh, but his, his goal-kicking and marking was uh, just something to be... To really to be revered. You're a very good kick as well. I gather you knew where to put it when he was leading, correct? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, Austin, uh, yep. Uh, I think Austin was quite fortunate in that he had some great players playing in front of him and uh, all of uh, Subiaco's um, forward thrust revolved around Austin being on the end of it. So uh, with people like uh, Cam Blakemore, Reggie Hampson, Peter Metropolis... Aidan Button, of course. Uh, you know, we have a... Uh, most of us, we uh, we knew where Austin was going, even though sometimes it might have been a dummy lead on the odd occasion, but invariably, you just put the ball out in front and Austin would always have that five metres on, his, on the opposition and uh, he would be able to mark it in whatever area of the ground and you could 99.9% .9 of the time, 
looking for backing in to uh, convert him. I'm looking forward to listening to the chat between two great Subiaco identities, yourself and Tim Gossage tomorrow morning. Of course, Goss, as I know, a big Maroons Lions fan. I know that you're on the Brecky Show with Scotty and Goss uh, tomorrow to elaborate a bit more on the career of Austin Robertson Jr. But as I leave you, is there one particular match or moment that you will remember Austin Robertson for? Oh, Peter, it's so so difficult. Austin kicked so many goals that, uh, you know, unfortunately I missed the one in, uh, or it must have been the early 70s when he had to kick 14 or 15 in the last uh, game to uh, break 149 or the Australian record, 150. I think we played, or he played on uh, Trevor Sprigg uh, at Subiaco Oval. And uh, that was probably the greatest game that he ever played personally, but... Uh, Really, the, the number of times that Austin kicked bags of in excess of eight goals was just so numerous that it's hard to pinpoint one particular uh, performance. So, uh, no, he was just an aura. He wasn't just a flash in the pan, man. Austin just, he just barreled the goals left, right and centre every, every week of uh, the season. You've lost a couple of greats in recent times, Peter Burton and now Austin Robinson, George. Yeah, both 73 premiership players, Peter. It's uh, Yes, we're getting to that age where uh, I mentioned to Neil Randall, we've got to start enjoying ourselves. We're running out of time. So uh, we've got to, uh, got to make the most of it. So, uh, yep, uh, yep uh, 1973 was a great year for Subiaco. And I think it's just fitting that Austin was part of that because he contributed so much towards uh, the Subiaco Football Club. Good on you, George. Thanks for spending a few moments with us. And I look forward to you and Goss having a good old chat about the good old days tomorrow on his Brecky Show. Thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure, Peter. Gee, he was a decent footballer himself, uh, George Young. Uh, and I saw him actually recently, George Young, and he still looks absolutely terrific. Uh, gee, he was a, an excitement machine uh, in, when he was playing footy for Subiaca and, of course, later St Kilda. But as I mentioned at the top of the program, we've lost one of the greats one of the real greats of uh, WA football, affectionately known as Ocker, uh, was born on the 29th of April, 1943. So just uh, 80 years of age, and he's gone to that great uh, football uh, ground in the sky. But saying that, he led a fairly colourful life. And I thought, who can recap Austin Robertson Jr.'s career, both on the field and off the field. And we uh, thought John Townsend, WA football and cricket journalist, uh, who's had a bit to do with Austin over the journey, joins us on the program. Townie, thanks for your time. G'day, Peter. How are you? Good. It is a sad day for, for WA sport and WA because he was a big, larger than life in a lot of ways, wasn't he, uh, Ocker? He certainly and, was. Uh, and when, when you look at his... Sad, sad news today. Yeah, when you look at his statistics, John, they're just mind-blowing. Uh, what he did achieve. And I've seen the vision of when he kicked 15 goals in that game uh, to beat Bernie Naylor's uh, record. Uh, It was an an amazing career, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, he played in an era where the the full forwards were the absolute superstars too, weren't they? But they, not only that, they didn't have, he operated in in a time when they didn't have a 50 metre um, arc in the forward line. That was just... The full forward goes into the goal square and the, everyone else clears out. And what he does, he just runs at the bloke with the ball. So old-fashioned footy doesn't happen anywhere near as much these days. But what it meant was that you had to be quick, you had to have good hands, and you had to be a very good kick as well. Because if you weren't a good kick, 
the club, you know, the team was relying on you so much that, you know, good full forwards were kicking a third of every team's goals. So if you couldn't finish the job, you got moved on and they had to find a new one. And he was the absolute pick of them with his pace, his hands and his kicking. His kicking was, I think, his trademark and consequently he kicked 1,300 goals. No, no more goals than any West Australian and no one will even come close to what he's done. You, look, you know, Buddy Franklin is is the closest who's come to it. He's just gone over a 1,000 goals. But he's finished and no other player will ever come close to what Austin Robertson did over his, you know, remarkable career. It's interesting, as a young boy growing up and following the WA NFL, it was known those days, and being a supporter with another club, every time Austin Robinson took a mark and went back and lined up with that famous drop punt, he didn't miss too often. No, he was technically excellent. And he had... And it's one thing... He shares this with Dennis Lilly, who was his great mate and obviously managed him for a long while. They, they were great at the skill that they were best at, Lily with his fast bowling, Ocker with his kicking. But they had the p- capacity to actually teach or to or to tell people how to do it as well. But the, he, he simplified it. And I've, I've been lucky enough in the last several years being involved with Austin as he's tutored, you know, players at waffle level. Jack, Jack Buller at Sydney, uh, the most recent one. And he, he made it very simple. So, you know, Footballers found it very easy, I think, to follow what he was saying. Now, it's a, it's a lot more difficult to actually put it into practice and do all the training that's needed and the practice and the, you know, maintaining your, your level of technique and, and clear mind and all the things that he talked about. But he simplified it. And that's why he was so good, I think, that he managed to actually do what he what he would tell other players. Keep it simple, run straight, drop the ball straight, kick the ball straight, and follow through straight, and he followed that mantra all the way through, and consequently he became a you know he was a, uh, an absolute dead eye dick I guess as a mm. as a full forward. Interesting. Also, what made it more remarkable his career? He was playing with Subiaco, who during the sixties were a pretty poor side. They finished at the bottom of the WAFL ladder for a number of seasons. And in the end, as we know, by 1973, they won the premiership. But for many years, Austin Robinson played with Subiaco, who were often towards the bottom of the WANFL ladder. Yeah, but that, I mean, that, as I said, said it a moment ago, though, that was indicative of not the, the ladder finish, but the fact that the full forward was the key to the forward line. So, he was still kicking a large number of goals because they'd go to him so many times. But they didn't have many other players around to kick kick other bags. There were no 30-goal kickers or 20-goal kickers or 50-goal kickers. It was He was getting his 100, but they had no one else doing it. So he remained as a superstar, but he couldn't didn't get the support for the team to actually be um, a great winning team as well. And, and that's actually reflected in certainly in the 30s and 40s, two of the, you know, the great goal-kicking eras in WA footy. Um, you know, George Doig played in an era where his team had considerable success and Ted Tyson. But there was a lot of other forwards who were kicking 100 goals, but their teams were, not, were really struggling. So the, forwards were, you know, the full forwards would get the ball a fair bit, but it wasn't necessarily replicated throughout the whole team. And that's why they, you know... Their, their personal records look outstanding and the team records are, are poor because they were very one-dimensional, I guess, those teams. If mm. they'd been a bit more versatile, 
he might have had a better team, but the full forward might not have kicked his 100 goals. He was inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame in 2015. As we know, he's part of the Subiaco team of the century in that position at full forward. After his football career, John, he then linked up with Kerry Packer and was one of the central figures in the establishment of World Series cricket in 1977. I wonder how that came about. Oh, well, that, that went back earlier now he was a he was a career journalist so he worked at the daily news and he actually covered sheffield shield cricket he went on tours occasionally to cover shield cricket um and he when he went to uh, melbourne in nine in 1966 he actually worked for newspapers then so he was a um that was his day job and he knew john cornell who you know the famous strop from mm. the paul hogan show he was another daily newsman and he'd gone to sydney so when Austin followed him. He remained in contact with him. That was the, the starting point, and Cornell had contacts with Kerry Packer. But Robertson also had a lot to do with Dennis Lilly, and it was Dennis Lilly's suggestion, I think, or the, maybe the, the seed of the idea of World Series cricket came from Dennis Lilly, that he thought, you know, we as a test player, I'm not getting paid what we deserve. Um, you know, this the, they're dragging in enormous amounts of money. None of it's coming to the players maybe it's time to look at something else. And through that group of individuals, Cornell, Robertson and Lilly, the idea came along. They have gone to Kerry Packer. Kerry Packer has obviously got the means to do it. And before you know it, World Series cricket's up and running and was highly successful and you know led, led to, in a lot of ways, to where cricket is today. So Robertson was at the right time at the right place. He did a lot of the publicity. Um, he did a lot of the signings in '77 when, you know, he went to to England to sign the players on that Ashes tour. They went to um, the West Indies to sign up a lot of the West Indians. He travelled around the world signing world class players. So he was intimately involved in in setting it up and then used some of his sort of his journalistic knowledge, I suppose, to help sell the idea. And uh, had a pretty good boss, I think, in Kerry Packer, who was willing to spend what what needed to be spent to get it underway and mm. i think kerry was a sort of person kerry packer was a sort of person who would get involved get his hands dirty and make personal decisions if someone needed to be rung to convince to be done something or to do something kerry packer would be the one to get on the phone and convince them so he was uh, robertson was in that in, in that environment and richie benno of course was the other major player in that time and and robertson and benno had a a very strong relationship, which obviously helped the cause as well. So he, he was intimately involved in it. He um, he helped set it up. He, he helped spark the idea. And then he he uh, was involved with all those people through that, that era, which uh, became so influential on the, on the shape of probably professional sport, not just professional cricket. And he managed many of Australia's leading cricketers, didn't he, over about a period yeah. of 30 years, including the great late Shane Warne, just one of them. Yeah, yeah Warne, Lily, um, Justin Langer's another one that he that he had in his, his stable. Um, and again, he, he opened doors for people. That, that's one thing he had. He's always, you know, he's always been able to, you know, he had a great contact book. I've, I've seen his, his contact book, actually, and... And, you know, even in these days where people have all their numbers in phones, his contact book was inches thick. So he had he had a lot of numbers and names in there. Often, sadly, a lot of those 
numbers and names, no, the, you know, the people behind them no longer exist. And uh, but he was he was able to open doors for all those players, which made him probably the you know a valuable uh, manager to have. I don't think he was necessarily a manager going out and doing contracts and and finding you know doing the, the nitty gritty of of deals. But what he did, he could open doors and. Mm. That's the most important thing, and if you're an open, opening a door for Shane Warne, he's got the you know the charisma and the personality to to take it forward. So I'm sure that they uh, they probably hit it off pretty well. Interesting. I read an article where he said because uh, he got concussed in the 1973 Grand Final, didn't really play a major part in that game. Went down in the second quarter. But I read an article where he said uh, on his passing, when he does pass, he would donate his brain to science because he felt he may have had chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is CTE. Um, and I gather that might be the case now that Austin Robinson Jr. has left us because that was one of his wishes. Yes. Yes, so that, that, that was a column he wrote in the Post newspaper in the Perth Western Suburbs. He, he committed to donating his brain to the Australian Sports Brain Bank uh, I think there's about 30 or 40 brains in there already from professional athletes, and Austin has committed to do that. He, he's gone through the, the process uh, that needed to be done, so that that process will continue. And he he thought that he that he had chronic traumatic encephalopathy. He um, he believed he he got it from the from the knocks that he got during his footy career and some of the the traits I guess that he'd been showing in recent years. So he he thought that if he could do some good for other people, he would do so. He, he probably didn't expect that the brain was going to be available quite as early as it was. He, that was only a couple of months ago he, he made that commitment. Mm. Um, he said, I mean, I think his line was something like, when I've, when I've uh, stopped using it, they can have it. Um, and that's obviously what's happened. So he's going to do, his, his legacy is going to continue. So he had an impact on the field. He's going to have a, a legacy after after his life with uh, with what he's done in that regard. Wonderful footballer, wonderful contributor to Australian sport, as you've just mentioned, with what he did with World Series cricket and managing a lot of the great players uh, that delighted so many people for so many years on a cricket field. But he did become a bit reclusive in his latter years. I, I caught up with him, but I can't remember the last time I'd had an, a chat with Austin Robertson. I remember doing an in-depth interview with him many years ago. Uh, his latter part of his life probably didn't go according to plan because speaking to his, a few oh. of his teammates, uh, he sort of shun away from the limelight a bit. Oh, well, he, and he was 80. He was 80 when he died, so he and his health hadn't been all that flash in, in recent times. So he's sort of down... I guess, I guess that's that's diminished. His public profile's diminished a little bit as he as he got older and 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 suffered some some illness. Um, I, look, he had a you know he he lost a lot of money over the, over the journey. He he had some ups and downs, and in recent years he had as many downs as I guess he had ups in his in his younger years. So that was an issue. It's part of the reason why he came back to Perth about uh, fourteen or fifteen years ago. He'd been living in. In the Gold Coast, he lost he lost a, a fortune and basically had to start again. So he came back to Perth, where it had all started all those years earlier, and uh, that that probably explains to some degree why he did become a little bit um, uh, well. He, he he went out of the public eye. Mm. That's, that's although as a, 
he's been writing a weekly column in the Post newspaper, so he, he's certainly had a profile through that. Mm. Um, a- and uh, you know, he, he'd done that. For, that was that was part of what happened when he came back to Perth t- uh, twelve or fourteen years ago. That uh, he made contact with Brett Christian, who he'd worked with at the Daily News many years earlier, and as a as a result, got the column and wrote. A lot of on a lot of matter, a lot of sporting matters actually, mm. not just you know, not you know scoreboards and that sort of thing. I wrote a lot about the personalities and the people that he he dealt with and he'd come across over the years. And a lot of the a lot of his columns were really insightful into you know that era where where he was a either a big name footballer or on the edges of big name cricket. John Townsend, brilliantly covered. Thank you very much for sharing uh, your memories and your thoughts and your insight into one of. Uh, WA's great uh, sporting identities, particularly in the West Australian National Football League, uh, Austin Robertson Jr., who passed away at the age of 80 in the last 24 hours. Thanks for your time. No worries, Peter. Good on you. Good on you. Uh, Ocker, he was affectionately known. Give us your thoughts. Norman Cowell says, Austin Robertson Jr., to me, uh, must be of being the best full forward in Australia, not just WA. In 1973, I was four years old when Subiaco won that premiership after 49 years. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Of course, Sports Day WA is brought to you by Kia and the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year 2023. And, of course, Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years.